I have to say that my first impression is that this is the first time I've looked at fellow saints in Mass. It's really hard, but I'll get used to it as time goes on. We'll bring our devotion this morning by singing hymn 535, uh, the first two stanzas only, 535, Rejoice My Heart, Be Glad and Sing, stanzas one and two. Before most of you were born, some of us older folks uh, watched a television show called Cheers. Yeah? Really? Cheers was the name of a bar in Boston. And uh, the impression is given pretty clearly that the bartenders and the customers, when they would try to escape from their troubles and sadness in life, they'd run to the bar and they'd lift some beers or cheers with their friends. Well, this is still going on today. In the midst of this uh, COVID pandemic, people, I guess especially, are seeking the local bars to meet with their friends for some good cheer. But they leave without real and lasting joy of the heart. They go to the wrong place and they seek the wrong face. Don't we also have trouble Trials, sadness, and sorrow in our own lives, uh, we also would go to the wrong place and seek the wrong face if we ran to the bars or anywhere else before our Lord Jesus, looking for joy. The Apostle Paul wrote about joy to the Philippian Christians, and the thing that always impresses us, of course, is that when he wrote that prison epistle, he was under house arrest in Rome. And yet he uh, even sung in the night by the Savior's light when he was dealing with the, when he was in the uh, uh, inner prison uh, later and the jailer Philippi was outside. Paul was always singing for joy. Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice, he wrote to the Philippians. He was an authority on where to find joy. Our Lord knows our burdens and our cares, but we don't see him. And so sometimes we run to our friends or the internet or some other place to find cheer, to have our hearts lifted up. But our Lord wants us to go to him first. He lifted the hearts of believers at least four times in his ministry with the words, be of good cheer. I want to share those four that we know of with you this morning. First of all, when Jesus saw the faith of the paralyzed man and the faith of those who carried him, Did he heal the man first? No, he didn't. He said, son, be of good cheer. Your sins are forgiven you. 
As pilgrims in this world, we experience all kinds of illness and all kinds of stress. Your masks are evidence of the COVID fear that is sweeping the world. But we can be cheered up if we remember that our greatest malady, our greatest affliction has already been taken care of by our Lord Jesus Christ who lived and suffered and died and rose again as payment for our sins. We have forgiveness. We have pardon. A crippled little girl lay in a dark room and a visitor suggested that she needed some sunshine to cheer her. And her reply was really very simple. She said, Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ is my sunshine right here. And he makes everything bright to me. 400 years before Christ, the prophet Malachi wrote, The Son of Righteousness will arise with healing in his wings. And our Lord, the light of the world, has arisen with healing in his wings. Through him we have forgiveness of all our sins. And as you all know, where there's forgiveness of sins, there's also life and salvation. And that applies every single day, no matter how dark the rooms that we are in in our lives. King David sat in dark depression because of his sin with Bathsheba. After he repented and was assured of forgiveness by the prophet Nathan, David wrote, Blessed or happy is he whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Let us rejoice in the Lord's pardon always. And because of this pardon in Christ, we can rejoice also in his presence always. It's a I think common experience of all of us, when things are going well, we expect that something bad's going to happen. True? That there's going to be another storm coming. It often happens that way in our walk as Christians, but we walk by faith, not by sight, right? And so our Lord is always using these storms in our life to to strengthen our faith in his invisible presence. Twice there was a storm on the Sea of Galilee. The first time, Jesus was with the disciples in the boat, and he was able to quiet their fears by speaking to the winds and the waves. But the second time, he was not in the boat with them. Instead, he compelled them to go out onto the sea in the boat, and then the storm arose. And then the Lord Jesus spoke from afar to them, and he said, Be of good cheer, it is I. Do not be afraid. The Lord strengthened their faith for the storms of life that they would endure when he would no longer be visibly present with them. He was trying to teach them that they could still know his invisible presence by trusting in his unchanging word. We have that same privilege. The storms of life continue for all who are Christ in this world. We're all in the same boat, but it's a joyful boat. It doesn't have to uh, feel only like the painting that's so famous for us. There is also joy to be had. Because Jesus still says from heaven to all of those in that boat, Lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the world. And where two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst of them. In Ephesians 1.23, Paul tells us that our ascended Lord fills all things also according to his human nature. And so the psalmist asks, Where can I flee Or where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? So wherever we find ourselves, in whatever condition, whatever storm we happen to be in, we know that our Jesus, our Savior, is 
right there with us. He's right here. He's right now at every moment of our lives. No matter how stormy the sea or how dark the room. On a third occasion, our Savior said, Be of good cheer because of his power. The Lord had warned his disciples about the tribulation that they would suffer in this world because of their faith. They must expect it, he said. Yet they were to be of good cheer. For the simple reason, Jesus says, I have overcome the world. After enduring all the temptations, the humiliation, the hatred, and the suffering the world could hand out, Jesus ascended into the heavens to the right hand of the power of the Father who had placed the world and creation under his feet. What is all the world's power compared to the power of death and the power of hell, which our risen Lord has destroyed for us? We think about our brethren overseas and who are dealing not only with the COVID virus and all its restrictions, but the persecution of their faith. But they're the same boat as we are. And we all have nothing left to do but to joyfully follow our Lord Jesus to his victory, knowing that we are under his power. After his resurrection, before his ascension into heaven, Jesus said, all power is given to me in heaven and earth. You go, therefore, and make disciples. And so on. How encouraging those words are for us to share the good news. And yet there are still many questions as we live each day. Will I become a pastor, a teacher, or a missionary? Should I? Do I have the gifts? Will I get married? Will I have a family? Uh, Or what will I do after Emmanuel? What will I do when I've retired? Where will I be 10 or 20 years from now? These questions can cause stress and even depress, but we can be cheerful in the Lord's plan for us. Shortly after Paul's conversion, Jesus warned him, get out of Jerusalem because of the danger that the disciples of Christ were in. And, and so Paul left. And a few years later, when Jesus uh, returned Paul to Jerusalem, uh, the uh, things weren't any better because Paul continued to preach the resurrection of Christ. And as he did so in Jerusalem then, that second time, it caused a great uproar. And the Jews would have beaten him to death, you know, if it wasn't for the soldiers, the Roman soldiers who shielded and protected him. Trouble came the next day when Paul defended himself before the Jewish council. And that night, he he wondered whether he would ever get out of Jerusalem alive, whether he would ever be able to continue his work. And while he was wondering, then suddenly the Lord stood by him and said, Be of good cheer, Paul, for as you have testified for me in Jerusalem, so you must, must also bear witness at Rome. In the word of our Savior, the unchanging word, we have the same assurances. Psalm 31 says that our shepherd so completely controls the lives of his chosen sheep. He says that our times are in his hands. That means simply that all things work together for our good, as Paul writes to the Romans. So remember that you've been redeemed and you've been regenerated and you've been adopted by your Savior, your Father in heaven, so you can save with the psalmist in every situation, the Lord will perfect that which concerns me. Your mercy, O Lord, endures forever. Do not forsake the work, now listen, 
Do not forsake the work of your own hands. That's what all of us are. The work of his hands. He won't forsake us. So rejoice in the Lord always. In his pardon, in his presence, in his power, and in his plan. Cheers in the Lord always. Amen. We close with the singing of the eighth stanza of 535. Stanza 8.